Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the wise men today, the wise men. Um, these are famous characters of uh, the nativity, and I thought I'd title this message, Wise Men Still Seek Him. Wise men still seek him. But I tell you what, Australians can be anything but wise over the Christmas period. Uh, let me give you a few statistics. <laughs> Apparently, every year over the Christmas period in Australia, dozens of blokes end up in casualty after opening beer bottles with their teeth or eye socket. There we go. Uh, on average, about 175 people will be seriously hurt falling over because they were putting up fairy lights. Now, this one, on average, about two people electrocute themselves every year watering their Christmas tree with the fairy lights plugged in. Every year, about three people are reported to get broken arms due to pulling Christmas crackers, bonbons. That's pretty vigorous pulling, isn't it? About 10 people have cracker novelties surgically removed after stepping on them with bare feet. Because yeah, some of them are metal, aren't they? Um, up, to, up to 60 people are injured using scissors and sharp knives instead of a screwdriver, putting together those um, Christmas toys and gadgets. Um, up to five people suffer third-degree burns while setting their Christmas puddings alike. And perhaps on a slightly sadder note, about an average of eight fracture their skull after falling asleep, vomiting into a toilet. Yes, um, Australians can be anything but wise <laughs> over the Christmas period. Um, but the Bible has this ancient account of wise men remembered every Christmas. And um, the Magi are really referred to as this, this idea of people with wisdom. And uh, I wonder if there's any wisdom we can glean from them today. Now, I know when I was a young adult, I, I considered a lot of the um, accounts in the Bible as purely fables. But one of the things that I've done over the years is an abundance of historic research and archaeological research, and I'm confident that the account of the wise men is an actual event. It's not just uh, some sort of fable. It's, it really happened. The person who records some details about that is uh, an accountant. I've had a lot of accountants over the years that have done my tax and I'll tell you what, they're, they're really not given to wild fantasy. <laughs> well, Matthew, the accountant, the tax collector, writes this account about the wise men. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one to be born, King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, and asked them where the Christ was to be born, um, he was told, in Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, uh, make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, 
And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, I wonder, these guys that um, I'm reading an account of who lived some 2,000 years ago, I wonder if there's any wisdom we can glean from them today. Well, I want to highlight four principles. Number one, this. The wise men were discerning of the signs of their times. The wise men were discerning of the signs of their times. Uh, We were told in Matthew 2.2, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Now, what I do know from a couple of different documentaries I've watched, certainly around this time there was an astrological phenomena. It would have been seen all over the world and it would have been quite striking. It would have looked like an unusually large star in the skies. Um, Now, I will add to this, the fact that they were guided directly to where Jesus was to be born meant there must have been a supernatural component about it as well, a shaft of light or something. But the fact is, um, uh, astrologers will tell us, yes, there was an astrological phenomenon at that time. The whole world would have certainly noticed. they were able to discern something about that. A lot of scholars think that the uh, wise men probably uh, lived in Babylon, uh, lived in the per- part of the Persian Empire. Now, the Jewish nation was in exile in, um, in Babylon as part of the Persian Empire for about 70 years. They took the scriptures with them. The scriptures would have been well known and prophetic scriptures about the Messiah, for instance. Um, so this may have aided the wise men. Um, There's further wisdom we see in them, uh, discerning the signs of their times. Matthew 2.12 says this, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so Herod had said to them, Report back to me, so that I too can worship him. But of course we read later in the passage that that was not his intention at all. His intention was to kill this baby Jesus, threatened by the idea that there would be a Messiah born. Well, that dream was enough to alert them to the fact that they should not report back to Herod, not, not only not report back to him, but they should try and head back to the east by another route. And they were smart enough to find a route that his uh, soldiers, etc., um, were avoided, which is quite remarkable. But at this point, the wise men were discerning of the signs of their times. This is a good time to ask ourselves a question. What are you discerning that Jesus is saying to you right now? Does he have a plan for you in the new year? Does he have some things he would like you to do for him? Have you asked him about it? Good questions to ask as we approach a new year. The second thing I learned from the wise men is they were determined to discover Jesus. Number two, they were determined to discover Jesus. It says in Matthew 2.1, after, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, if they had come from Babylon, which most scholars believe at least one of them would have come from there, the journey is arduous. They have to travel through a lot of desert regions. Um, it's a long way. Uh, they would have been in danger of sandstorms and bandits. And so it's a big commitment to travel there. Um, and... Uh, 
this in itself says something about their determination. Um, I, I like uh, how the movie Jesus of Nazareth portrays this moment. They spend a, a good hour and a half or so on the nativity portion of Jesus' life. Uh, so it's a series, so several episodes. They have the wise men arriving at a trade route and then a, another group and then another group. And, and um, So three different nationalities all converge around that trade route and has one of the wise men saying to his entourage of people, I told you we could not have been the only ones who have seen the star and become made aware of the birth of the new king. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. We only think there were three wise men simply because there were three gifts, but that's a reasonable conclusion. There probably were. But it's likely uh, it wasn't three individuals travelling together. They would have had an entourage of people, camels, servants, lots of food, lots of water. Uh, now, I find it fascinating too, other accounts beyond what I've just shared as far as where they came from. Some of you may have um, read the book, uh, Heavenly Man, Brother Ong. Has anyone here read that book or at least knows about that book? Yeah, just the odd person. His second book, Living Water, the Chinese guy, he talks about something fascinating in the Chinese history. Around the time of the birth of Jesus, there was a famous astrologer in China who left went to the Middle East because of a star and he was going to welcome the birth of a new king. That's written into their history. Isn't that fascinating? Who knows? Perhaps one of them was Chinese. The, the Silk Route was um, a, a way you could get to the Middle East at that time, so there was a trek to the Middle East. Fascinating. The challenge is, am I willing to make a real effort to discover if Jesus is real, really is the Son of God. You know, um, for me, um, my heritage is such, I didn't do church, and I made a decision when I was about 22 that this question, is God real, was worth putting significant effort and energy into to find out if he really is there. It's one of the great questions of life, and that's one of the reasons we're encouraging people to do the Alpha so look, if you've got a friend that might benefit from that, do invite them along. You might be here today and you haven't made up your mind. You're not sure if Jesus is real or not. Why don't you come along? You can sign up at the back of the building this morning. Our information table is just down there. Let us know if you're interested in doing the Alpha course. It's probably the course that people are doing around the world to help them discover is Jesus really the divine Son of God. Um, about 750,000 people have done it here in Australia, well over 30 million worldwide. Uh, so let me recommend that. If you're thinking that big question of life, I haven't answered it yet, that's a great way of discovering it, starting the 7th of Feb. Third point, the wise men were devoted to worshipping the Son of God. The wise men were devoted to worshipping the Son of God. It says in Matthew 2.11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, it's, it's a house now, not a stable. And you've got to remember, they, they ended up with the stable because there was a census going on at the time. There was no room in any of the inns because it, vast numbers of the population were moving to their homes of ancestral birth and, you know, accommodation was scarce. But within a week or two, of course, everyone's gone back home and so now they're in the house. They're in the inn. They're not in the stable anymore. And so the wise men arrive. And you just think about this. They worshipped the baby Jesus. These guys were probably robed in very expensive clothes. 
perhaps gold woven through the cloth, and you see them getting down, getting down on their knees, bowing their heads to the ground, crinkling up their clothes to worship this little child. Must have been a striking moment for Mary and Joseph. Well, these guys were devoted to worshipping the Son of God. And it's great that you guys have made an effort at Christmas. I know Christmas Day is a busy day. So thank you for making the effort to come out and take some time just to worship Jesus. Number four, my last point. The wise men were dedicated in their giving. The wise men were dedicated in their giving. Matthew 2.11 says this, They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. These golds, these, uh, th- these presents, uh, as you've probably ascertained, were costly. We all know gold is a very expensive commodity. Um, but incense and myrrh at that time were incredibly expensive also. And so all of these things were expensive. So they gave, as an act of worship, very generously to this little baby Jesus. And I guess the, the challenge to you and I, because I know Christmas is a time, of course, we generally think about giving to family members, perhaps some friends. But actually the original tradition, you might say the oldest tradition of gift giving stems back here. Much older than giving to family members, it was the tradition of giving these gifts to the baby Jesus, like an offering to God. And um, my challenge would be, are we a people who are willing, this time of year included, are we willing to be generous in our giving to God of our financial resource, of our time, and of our talent? The other thing I see in the gift giving Many scholars would say these gifts were prophetic. Gold was something that was given to newborn kings or those who were appointed into kingship. That was a very common gift, that of gold. It speaks of Jesus being the king of kings. Incense, that was something the, prince, uh, the, the priests used. Um, incense, I've got a bunch of incense at home. Actually, you light it, it's quite a sweet-smelling fragrance. It's an actual Jewish incense. A Jewish guy brought it around one Christmas. And um, this was something that was used in the temple. And so it speaks of that priestly role, the role of the priest helping people connect with God. And, of course, that was Jesus' role as well. Remember he said these words recorded by his best friend, John? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I just say his best friend because John seemed to be closest to Jesus. Jesus says, no one can get to God except through me. He's He's a, he's a priest in that sense. And there's one more, isn't there? Myrrh. Myrrh. Myrrh is a very different smell to the incense. I've also had some myrrh at home given by the same guy, and we lit that, and it stinks. It's a horrible smell. I know why it's associated with mourning. It's not pleasant. And uh, the idea is here, why is that gift given? Because, of course, ultimately Jesus would die for the sins of humanity. And so here is an aspect of, of, of this that is speaking of his death. Those gifts were prophetic. Um, you see, as much as I know this time of year, we primarily remember the birth of Jesus. The reality is also, as Christians, we know that ultimately when it says God gave his son into this world to be born, it was with the purpose to model an amazing life example to us, but it was also ultimately to die which would make that priestly role ultimately available where we could connect with God because of Jesus' sacrifice. All of us have shortcomings. 
failings, sin in our lives. We need forgiveness for that. It separates us from God, and it can be forgiven because of what Jesus achieved on the cross. Remember Jesus' words, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Yes, he gave him to be born as a little baby in a stable. He gave him to live an amazing life, but ultimately gave him to die for the sins of humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That way of connecting with God is only available for those who believe. It's not available for only for those who choose to believe he really is the Son of God. And that's why I say it's worth, like the wise men, making an effort to discover that. What is eternal life? Well, Jesus explained it like this. Now, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus defined eternal life as a relationship with God. Let me ask you the question, do you have that relationship? It's a big question. It's worth asking. It's worth discovering. After our uh, final uh, Christmas production um, yesterday, Sunday morning, which was a big service, very packed out venue here with that one, there's a chap who turned up after the event. Uh, I was here, Godson was here, everyone had left by then, we were just finishing off packing up. He comes in and he, he's telling me he's visited a few different churches and, and uh, wanted to know a bit about this church. Said he'd heard it was a good church. And then he said to me, but you know what I really want? What I really want, I want to know how to have a relationship with God. That's what he said to me. And so I said, hey, we've got this great course. We gave him a flyer and said, come along, mate. You'd be very welcome. Well, let me close in prayer. Shall we pray together? Father, here this morning, we want to give you thanks that you love the people of this world enough to send your only son the divine Son of God, leaving his riches in glory, his throne in heaven, coming down, and in a way that is so hard for us to fully understand, was reduced to the size of a tiny fetus, placed in Mary's womb, and ultimately he experienced a birth like a human does. A little baby Jesus sent into this world. We thank you that you sent your Son. We thank you for the, the uh, opportunity to celebrate that and remember that today. We pray that we'd learn from the wise men that were willing to really give of themselves to discover this Jesus, to honour this Jesus, to worship this Jesus. We pray that uh, the knowledge of what they did would be something that we could glean over this period. We pray that over this period we'd make an effort to read about the account of the birth of Jesus, chapter 1 and 2 in Matthew, chapter 1 and 2 in Luke. Take some deep time to reflect on it. So speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.